Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Thank you for joining us on this morning. Our text will be coming from James, chapter 1, verses 2 through 12. That is James, chapter 1, verses 2 through 12. Uh, for the sake of time, let me go ahead and read these again real quick. James, chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. James, servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, read, My brethren, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives up to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask his faith without, without doubting. For he who doubts his life away from the sea driven and tossed by the wind. But let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Let the lonely brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation. Because as a flower of the field, he will pass away. But no sooner has the sun risen with a burning than it withers the grass. Its flower falls, and its the sun, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. In verse 12, blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. James the brother of Jesus Christ, is writing to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. He is also writing to the Hebrew Christians outside of Palestine. The Jewish believers were beset with problems that were testing their faith, and James was concerned that they were succumbing to impatience, bitterness, materialism, disunity, and spiritual apathy. As a resident of Jerusalem and a leader of the church, James, no doubt, had frequent contact with Jewish Christians from a number of Roman provinces. He, therefore, felt a responsibility, if you will, to exhort and encourage them in their struggles of faith. It is the requirement of every believer to do likewise. For in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 25, we are told not to forsake the assembling of ourselves, as a matter of some is. But why? So that we can exhort one another. And that's why I see James's words uh, feeling the responsibility to exhort and encourage them in their struggle of faith. Because when we come together as a body, we are able to minister to one another, empower and encourage one another. And as a leader, we must be about 
empowering those whom God has given us and encouraging them to press on even though the trials and struggles seem to be insurmountable, they can make it. Many of you have either read or had someone say to you during some disappointing time or trying times in your life, when life hands you a lemon, make lemonade. Of course, it is easier to say, it is easier to smile at that statement than to practice it. But the basic idea is very solid, very sound. In fact, it is biblical. Throughout the Bible, people, we are told that people who turn defeat into victory and trial into triumph. Instead of being victims, they became the victors. Give God some praise in this place on the day. My God. Let me just say that one more time. Uh, throughout the Bible are people who turn defeat into victory and trial into triumph. Instead of being victims, they became victors. James tells us that we can have the same experience today. It doesn't matter what the trials may be on the outside or the temptations or on the inside. Through faith in Christ, we can experience victory. The result of victory of this victory in spiritual maturity. I want to talk for a few minutes from the title, Turning Trials into Trials. God allows trials in the believer's life to build spiritual maturity. So how does God, how does trials in the believer's life actually build spiritual maturity? So if we are going to turn trials into triumphs, ah, I like that, we have to obey full command. Verse 1 is count, verse 2. Verse 3 says no. Verse 4 through, and 9 through 11 says let. And verse Five through verses five through eight says ask. So in more clear terms, in our text we find four essential imperatives for victory in trial. Number one, count, and that is a joyful attitude. No, have an understanding mind. Let that is surround and surrender your will. And then of course, ask is a heart that wants to believe. So we must. Have, we must have a joyful attitude, we must have an understanding mind, we must have a surrendered will, and we must have a heart that wants to believe. Let's take a look at this joyful mind. Verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. When he says an attitude, a joyful attitude, an attitude out, outlook determines our outcome. Can you believe that? Our outlook determines our outcome, and our attitude determines our action. How do you see what God has called you to? Do you see it as an empty sanctuary, or do you see it as a sanctuary field? When I think about what God did through Abraham, how Abraham got out of Ur of the Chaldeans, and he just struck out and did exactly what God called him to do. It wasn't long. It took him a while. Things didn't pan out the way he thought they would. But look at what happened to Abraham. By the time Abraham's seed marched out of Egyptian bondage, there were 650,000 strong. That's just men. That's just men, not counting women and children. You're talking probably 2 million to 3 million people walked out just out of Abraham and Sarah. Let me tell you something. I'm not daunted by what I see. I trust and believe 
in the Lord for his calling. I know it's him. For 20 years I walked and prayed and talked to him about this. So your outlook determines your outcome and your attitude determines your actions. Listen, God tells us to expect trials. We need to understand that it is not if that it is not if you fall if you fall into various testings, but when not if you fall into various testings, excuse me, but when you fall into various testings. The believer who expects his Christian life to be easy is in for a rude awakening. Jesus admonished his disciples that in the world you shall have tribulation. Even the apostle Paul informed his convert that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Uh, because we are God's scattered people and not God's sheltered people. We have to experience trials. We have to. We cannot and should not always expect everything to go our way. It's unrealistic thinking. Some trials come, uh, some trials come for no expect, no expect, for no reason whatsoever. And we just don't know. We haven't done anything, but they come. For example, sickness might come upon us. We might have an accident, disappointment, or even tragedy. Other trials, some uh, other trials come because we are Christians. See, not always, Lord. Listen, sometimes it's simply because of who you are. Trials sometimes come because of who you are as well. Number one, because you are Christian. Number one, because you belong to Christ. Sometimes trials come because you are Christian. The Apostle Paul stresses this very thing in his first letter. Beloved, thinking not strange concerning the fiery trials, which are which is to, to try you as though some strange thing has happened. Excuse me, I said the Apostle Paul, but what I meant was the Apostle Peter, and that is First Peter chapter 4, verse 12. See, we fight to keep Satan from controlling our minds. We deal with the world's opposition to us, and this makes us make for a life of spiritual warfare. Listen, I don't want to get into this right now, but listen, the Supreme Court and their ruling on the 26th talking about what they did, let me tell you something. I don't care what they say. God's word is supreme. It is sovereign. And no matter what man says, it is wrong because God's word says things are wrong. They are wrong. No matter what man says. God says there will be times when people will be, we have itching ears and they will gather people under themselves that will tell them what they want to hear. Well, now, we're in that time, my brothers and sisters. We're in that time. That's one other lesson, but we'll get to that at some point. Listen, the faith fall into, he says, fall into does not imply a freak accident. Fall into means encounters to come across. As believers, we do not create trials for ourselves. The, the Greek word translated divers means various or varied colors. Peter says it this way. He are in heaven and through manifold temptations. The trials of life are not all the same. They are like yarn containing multiple colors, like that used by a weaver making a beautiful rug. God arranges and mixes, oh hallelujah, the colors and experiences of life. The final pro 
when you but but then you go through that weaning process that, and it is a difficult stage of maturing. Like a baby is making that transition from a from a from a liquid diet to a diet of solid food. Weaning is a step towards maturity and freedom. Sometimes God has to weed his children away from their childish toys and immature attitudes. David recognized this in Psalm 131 and 2 when he said, Surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. God uses trials, hallelujah, to wean us away from childish things. But if we do not surrender to him, we will become even more immature. Oh, you can't miss that. Don't miss it. God have mercy. I'm enjoying myself today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, first, our first imperative was a joyful attitude. Our second, an understanding mind. And our third, a surrendered will. Now we look at our fourth one, and that is a believing heart. Our fourth and final imperative is a believing heart. Verses 5 through 8. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without, without doubt. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. But let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Listen. When you, with a believing heart, that speaks of prayer, we pray for wisdom. And with a believing heart, we pray for wisdom. I remember back in 1974, 75, when I was living in Chicago, before, long before I met my wife, I was a fan of the book of Proverbs, I still am. And as I read the book of Proverbs, I remember praying and asking God for this wisdom, this wisdom. God, give me this wisdom. I, I remember coming to tears sometimes because I wanted this wisdom. Clearly, the people to whom James wrote had problems with praying. They had problems with praying. You'll find that in James chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. Let's go there real quick. James chapter 4, verses 1 through, uh, through 3. For whence come wars and fighting among you. Come they not hence even of your lust that that war in your members you lust and have not you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war yet you have not because you ask not and you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. Listen, you can't ask God for stuff just so you can party and live life. God's not going to be a party to your mess. He's not going to do that. And then just, uh, James 5, verses 13 through 18, he says this, If any among you afflicted, let him pray. If is any merit, let him sing songs. If any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up if he has 
Shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, 
you believe it, how does God act? How do we ask God for wisdom? We have an understanding heart. How do we ask God for wisdom? We ask His faith. That's how we ask God for wisdom. We ask His faith. We do not have to be afraid because God is anxious, because God is anxious to answer us. He says, when you call me, I will be, when you seek me, and when you search for me with all your heart, I will be found of you. And so when you call him, he says, I will hear. And here's what he says, before you call, I'll answer. And while you yet speak, I will hear. God is just waiting. He's anxious to answer us. He will never rebuke us. He gives us more grace, James 4, 6, 7. He also gives more and more wisdom. The greatest enemy to unanswered prayer is unbelief. The greatest enemy to unanswered prayer is unbelief. A believer who walks in unbelief, uh, Lord have mercy. Don't miss it. Don't not miss it. That believer who walks in unbelief, says James, is like the waves of the sea rising and falling, like the sea. But they who walk in unbelief is unstable, always vacillated back and forth, unable to make up his or her mind. It was doubt that caused fear to sink after stepping out of the boat on a stormy sea, and he was walking to Jesus. Matthew talks about it in that 14th chapter. The wild ran around in the 22nd and 23rd verse, and Jesus asked him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? When Peter started to Scroll of starting scroll of faith uh, out of the boat. He kept his eyes fixed on Jesus. Uh, but when he became distracted by the wind and the waves, he ceased to walk in faith and he began to sink. That's what's going to happen to us, brothers and sisters, if we don't hold on to our faith and know that God is God. No matter how things might appear, he began to sink. He has. He was a double-minded man at that point and almost cried. He cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus reached down and lifted him up. Another sign of maturity is that we henceforth be no more children taught to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the, by the sight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. If we have believing and united hearts, we can ask in faith, and God will give the wisdom we need. Instability and immaturity go together, my brothers and sisters. But stability and maturity and faith work together for our good. Uh, blessed is the man, as I conclude, that endures temptation. James started. And ended with joy, blessed, happy, joy. Outlook determines your outcome. Believers are rewarded by enduring trials. First, they are rewarded by growth in character. This is more important than anything else. He is rewarded also by bringing glory to God and by being granted a crown of life when Jesus Christ returns. We must first endure the cross if we are to receive the crown, suffer before receiving the glory. God does not help us by removing the test from us, but by making the test work for us. Satan wants to use the test to tear us down, but God uses the test 
your situation around. Send a man, send a woman, send a boy, send a girl. The question is, if God were to call you right now, can you honestly say that you're ready to go and be with the Lord? If not, if I were you, I'd make that decision today. Secondly, if you're looking for a church home and the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you, to become a part of Jesus Christ's ministry, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to work. This is the place I want to call home. On my way to my heavenly home, we welcome you. Thirdly, you may be a backslider, and you want that joy restored in your life. I'm here to tell you God will restore the joy. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. He will do it, and he will do it now. Fourthly, if you are a college student and you're away from your church home, you may join this ministry so that we can watch over your soul and pray through prayer and teach you the word of God so that when you finish your work here in school that you can return home to your home church and then return to your church and help your pastor fulfill the vision that God has called him or her to. And finally, but certainly not cheap, if you're in need of prayer, the altar is open right now. Anyone who is in need of prayer, we welcome you right now. Prayer answers. God answers prayer. Remember what I said, the fervent, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. God wants to answer your prayer. If you seek me, you will find me. He doesn't want to be absent from you. He wants to be a part of your life. If you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. And listen, before you call, he said, I'll answer. And while you yet speak, I will hear. God already knows what you're going to say. That's why he can be proactive in his response to you. That's why he can say, before you call, I will answer. God answers prayer, whoever you are. But whether you're on the call or whether you're right here in the congregation, we love to pray for you because I believe that by faith, God can do great miracles in our lives. The miracles are not made by men, but miracles are from God. That is the only way miracles can happen. And I praise God for the reading of his word. What did he say? What was this? What was the message this morning? Turning trials into what? Triumphs or victory. Turning trials into triumphs. In other words, victory. God gives us the victory through our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Ah. Well, it's offering time. It's time to worship the Lord in our giving. This morning, as we prepare to give our tithes and offering, we want to give cheerfully. So the Bible says God loves the person who gives cheerfully and will generously provide all you need. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.